We welcome you this evening to this Ash Wednesday service in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Going through Lent is listening. When we listen to the word, we hear where we are so blatantly unliving. If we listen to the word and hallow ourselves into it, we hear how we can so abundantly live again. Will you join with me in the call to worship? God sent Christ into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. God is our refuge and strength, a present help in trouble. Though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with his tumult, Let us worship God.
reading from the book of the prophet Joel. Below the trumpet of Zion, sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. Or the day the Lord is coming, it is near, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Like blackness spread upon the mountains of a great and powerful army comes, like there has never been from of old, nor will again after the ages to come. The Lord utters his voice at the head of the army. How vast is his host. Numberless are those who obey his command. Truly the Lord, truly the day of the Lord is great, terrible indeed. Who can endure it? Yet even now, the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping, and with mourning, rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord, your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing.
A reading from the second letter to the Corinthians. For the love of Christ urges us on, because we are convinced that one has died for all, and therefore all have died. He died for all, so that those who live might live no longer for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for them. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For he says, at an acceptable time I have listened to you, and on a day of salvation I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. reading from the Gospel according to John. Now, before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having lo loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. 
The devil had already put into the heart of Judas, some son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, you do not know now what I am doing, but later you'll understand. Peter said to him, you'll never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my face.
Tonight, we gather as followers of Jesus. We gather to engage a Christian tradition that stretches back to its formal beginning at the Council of Nicaea in the year 325. We gather to begin the season of Lent. Lent is observed by a majority of Christians across the globe. Lent is connected by theology, by imagination, by story, connected to the 40 days of Jesus in the wilderness as he prepared for public ministry, connected to the 40 years that the nation of Israel spent in the wilderness preparing to become a holy nation. It is a season for us of preparing to celebrate the passion of Jesus Christ, to celebrate his death and his resurrection. It is a season of reflection, of confession, of repentance, of forgiveness, of spiritual renewal. It is a season that prepares us so that we might rightly worship and celebrate and be filled again with the life-giving joy and power that is ours because our Savior lives. Tonight, we begin a time of reflecting on words recorded by the Apostle John on every Sunday that we gather in this season of Lent. We will ponder some of the words that John wrote as he told the story of Jesus in those days and weeks leading to the Passion. We do not know for sure, no, nor do I believe can we ever know for sure, exactly when John put pen to paper to write his gospel. Surely he had been thinking and praying and discussing and reflecting for years about the question of who Jesus was and of what Jesus did in this pivotal moment of human history that we now call Easter. As John writes, he begins the final section of his gospel, his story about the good news of Jesus. He begins with these lines in the first verse of the 13th chapter as we now mark that place. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved 
his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Who was Jesus? He was the love of God in human person and human form. What did Jesus do? Jesus loved us. Now this conviction that Jesus was actually God as well as human was a new thought, a new reality over which the church sometimes argued, often struggled, but then finally came to confess and to admit, and in some sense to understand, but never totally, of course. The connection that the church made between Jesus and God should not be surprising because for the first disciples and then for all who followed, it came to be clear that in the life, in the words, in the actions, in the ministry, in the sacrificial death and then in the resurrection of Jesus, we were experiencing God's supreme expression of love. Now the conviction that God is loving was nothing new, of course, especially to those of the Jewish family to whom Jesus was born. In just one of hundreds and hundreds of examples from the Old Testament, we read in the prophet Joel this call. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Of course, there were all kinds of reasons that John and the other disciples who knew Jesus knew that Jesus loved them. We will not try to give all of those examples here. But we will focus on the one of which John writes. An example, an expression, an outpouring of love that in John's memory was the beginning of the story of the end and then the new beginning. Jesus and the disciples were gathered together for supper. During supper, Jesus did something that was completely surprising. It was socially unheard of, and it caught everyone off guard. Remember that by now Jesus is a revered teacher. He is a mentor. He is the master of apprentices who are learning about God from him. In Jesus' surprising, you might even say socially inappropriate act, 
Jesus reversed the roles. Jesus began to wash his disciples' feet. Now that was the task of the lowliest of the servants. Something that was almost demeaning, certainly humbling, something that was reserved for the person in the room holding the least place among all the others. But it was Jesus who did it. And so Simon Peter, as he so often did, spoke what all the others perhaps were thinking. Jesus, are you really going to do this? Jesus, you really should not be doing this. And Jesus said, you don't understand now, but later you will. And then Jesus said, unless you are bathed by me, you have no part in me. And so then again, Peter, without understanding what he was saying, said, well then, wash all of me, not just my feet. (laughs) As the story would unfold and as Jesus' disciples slowly began to understand, it would be clear that Jesus was about the business of washing the disciples in so many ways literally of bathing his disciples in the present reality of God in their lives. At one level, we might say that Jesus embodies the humble service that issues forth when one loves another, the humble service that should characterize all true disciples. At another level, Jesus demonstrates that his coming sacrifice will be the way by which we are washed of our sin. And at another level entirely, Jesus indicates that if we are to follow him as a way of being his disciples, his apprentices, so that we might become like him and in becoming like him become all we are meant to be in the first place, then we also will give ourselves in sacrificial love to others. We don't know if one of the later apostles, Paul, knew about this story from John. But surely he knew of the truth behind it when he wrote to the Christians in Corinth, for the love of Christ urges us on because we are convinced that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all so that those who live might live no longer for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for them. You can hardly turn to a page in the New Testament, in those letters and histories and theological reflections first written after Jesus was gone, that does not contain some reference or proclamation or explanation of how the love of God was in God the Son. 
And so tonight we begin this Lenten season in the place where John began the story of Jesus' last days in his earthly presence with his disciples. It is a place that remembers Jesus' love for them and for us. It is a place that affirms our willingness to confess because of our conviction that he to whom we confess loves us. It is a place that renews Jesus' call to us to join him in his life. It is a place that invites us to be bathed with Jesus' forgiveness and then made clean and whole and new again so that we might join Jesus in new life. It is a place that sends you and me out into the world with a new dedication, a renewed dedication to loving others. We begin with our own repentance and confession. We begin with God's forgiveness and God's renewal. Our repentance and confession that is emboldened because we trust God's love and God's forgiveness and renewal that is accomplished because of God's love. And so I invite you to observe this Lenten discipline. In a moment, we shall read together a great psalm, perhaps the greatest psalm of confession. We shall hear a beautiful song that affirms God's will and power to make us new again. We shall observe a moment of silence during which we ponder our own sin and then commit those thoughts to paper. Following that period of silence, we will come forward to burn those papers as a simple and yet profound sign that God's love shown to us in Jesus burns away our sin and then God's love burns within us to lead lives not of sin but lives of righteousness characterized especially by love. In this way, we shall be washed with the Savior's love and take our place with our Savior as his disciples. Following this act of contrition, we invite you to receive the anointing of oil and the imposition of ashes and the blessing of a pastor as signs of God's blessing upon you. Signs of God's mercy, God's forgiveness, God's, God's grace, and supremely God's love. Let us read together. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, 
so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner when my mother conceived me. You desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain in me a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from bloodshed, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your deliverance. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you have no delight in sacrifice. If I were to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise.
We follow Christ who says, take up your cross. We follow Christ who bids us to come and die. We follow Christ who summons us to new life. People of God, friends, let's draw close to Christ in prayer. God of the ashes, we thank you that you have come to us in Jesus, the servant Christ, whose disciples we are. Suffering, Lord, a cradle and a cross, and between these, your life, Bethlehem and Jerusalem, a birth and a death. You, wonderful Savior, a man of sorrows who often wept, you, dear Lord, a man of joy who also kept sensitivity and compassion alive and real. Today, O oh God, let us feel the surge of your life, the beauty of your love, and the power of your cross. And God, when the journey gets too hard, when we feel depleted, when our compassion turns to complaining, when our efforts towards justice and mercy seem to get us nowhere, remind us, dear Lord, the humility part, that it is you who has made us and not we ourselves, that the saving of the world or even one part of it is not on our shoulders. It is then we can come to you and you will give us rest. With rest, we'll remember what it is that we are about. Oh God, may we journey well with you these 40 days, and may our companionship be pleasing to you. In the name of our Savior Jesus, amen.
are some who have noted that this Ash Wednesday of 2024 happens to fall on another holiday, but I think it's significant that that other holiday is called St. Valentine's Day after another follower of Jesus who sacrificed his life because of his love for the Savior and for those who loved the Savior too. And so regardless of how we celebrate, regardless of whom we celebrate, we celebrate supremely the Lord Jesus Christ and his love for us that restores, renews, and redeems us all. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us this night and always. Amen.